And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm rolling. Whenever you're ready to go. Ding ding. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Booker the drive gets inside, leans in. to the Daily Ding. Happy Sunday, everybody. We've got your NBA Finals Game 5 action covered. I'm Dave DeFore, joined by my man Keith Parrish and special guest from Murder, She Wrote and The Athletic, obviously, uh, Seth Part. Now, uh, guys, the Bucks are up 3-2 after a 123-119 win in Phoenix. Finally, we get a road team getting a victory, and this one... It ends exactly the way we would have all predicted. Giannis icing it from the free throw line. I like that joke, Dave. Uh, yeah, Giannis. On a tip out. <laughs> tipping it back. Knowing Chris Middleton would catch it. It was a no-look tip back on a very, very crucial, perhaps championship-defining win. So that was a big moment. But yeah, I mean, the Bucks stormed back after that terrible first quarter. And then we had, I mean, it was an unbelievable game, right? That was one of the more entertaining games uh, we had the second half. Unbelievable. Yeah, leading up to the to the missed free throw, Drew Holiday, just a fantastic steal on, on Devin Booker. Absolutely just man game and, and just ripped the ball out of his hands. Takes it down court. Giannis points at the basket for an alley-oop. And, you know, guys, the best alley-oops are, they come off of bad passes. And this one wasn't a great pass, but Giannis had to go up and get it. Gets an and one because Chris, uh, Chris Paul fouls him at the rim. And um, that was it. That was the game. And... and you know, you mentioned the the big lead that that the Suns had built in the first quarter. It just felt like after that that first quarter had settled for the Bucks, they were able to respond every single time the Suns tried to throw a punch, and the Suns couldn't. Right, Seth? No, that's absolutely right. Um, I actually think if we go back and look, the the really the key part of this game is the beginning of the second quarter, when with Giannis out of the game. Uh, the Bucks actually uh, came back, and I think it was tied by the time Giannis came back in, or thereabouts. And some of that was some great shot making from Milwaukee. Um, also, all you know, Phoenix didn't really miss a shot in the first quarter, and they got some good looks to start the second quarter, and they didn't go in. And kind of from that point, I think until probably about five minutes left in the game, their offense fell into a pattern that we talked about the other day on, on Nerder with a lot of Devin Booker dribbling and he was making a lot of shots, but a lot of people were standing and watching him make a lot of shots. 
I mean, they only wound up with two corner three attempts the whole night in this game. And again, something else we talked about on Nerd. They're just not generating good looks. They still didn't put enough pressure on the basket, I thought. And, and you know, Keith, they're playing right into the Bucks drop scheme. I, I, I'll concede yes. But also <laughs> when I watch this game, the Suns, the Suns as a team, their shooting splits for this game. 55, 68, 91. They lost somehow with 55, 68, 91 shooting splits. Sure, they made 14 of their first 18 shots and, you know, they fell apart in the second quarter. That that lineup without Giannis got the Bucks back in it. But it felt like throughout the second and third quarters, no matter what, I mean, I guess maybe surely there were defensive failures by the Suns, but the Bucks made everything. They scored 79 points combined in the second and third quarters. And then in the second half, in that fourth quarter, it felt like, wow, all right, surely the Bucks can't keep up with what they've done in the second and third quarters. And the Suns did make a run. And both teams, I thought their defense was good. Just the shot making. The shot making was so eye-opening. I mean, I can't get over both of these teams. 13 for 19 on threes. Uh, you know, maybe your attempts are too low, but like the, the percentage in this game are, are, are kind of, I don't know, they're, they're hard to comprehend. If we're going to talk shot making, we got to talk about Chris Middleton, who just somehow he shoots this like cantilever jump shot with no space, a hand in his eyeball. And it's just this. I don't know how he's getting these shots off, much less sticking them at the rate he does. I mean, Seth, can you give me the analytics on this? Like, how is Chris Middleton making these shots? I, I just don't get it because it just doesn't. We're not. I'm not used to seeing a guy not create some space on a step back or anything. He just goes straight up with it, and it's pretty unique. But he is sticking shots in this series. I mean, we talked about the first uh, first game in the series, rough game for them. But that guy has been awesome the last few games. This is going back four or five years. Our, our colleague Eric name has referred to Chris Middleton as the Tough Shot Express for you know exactly what you're talking about and and um it kind of goes back to a time when um the bucks offense for most of the game was a lot of chris middleton tough shots and now it's sort of been um th- they've they've improved to the point where it's just at the end of the game where you know the if if there is a lack in Giannis's game it's sort of isolation you know one four low need a bucket with three seconds on the shot clock go but you've got a perfect partner for him who is, you know, okay, he, he's maybe not Kevin Durant or, or, or someone at that level in those situations, but just the very like tiniest next year down. And if you're, if you're just, you know, subbing in for Giannis basically in that situation, you're already, you, you've kind of, uh, it's like a, a vulture running back, right? You've got it to the one yard line. You just need someone to punch it in. And Chris Middleton is elite at punching it in. Yeah, and I mean, in this game, I mean, down the stretch, it was the Chris Middleton show, Keith. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he he made that huge shot right when the Suns really got, you know, had, had cut into it. I can't remember what the actual score was. In the final minute, he hits that step back, he gets fouled. He seemed exhausted the whole possession, but again, through skill, through repetition of knowing exactly the right angle to arch the shot, knowing that he, his height was enough to get over Jay Crowder's hands without getting very much separation, and, and that jumper goes in. And yeah, he makes the big shot, but also the whole game, 
Drew Holiday as a bounce back game. Last game, he was four for 20 from the field for, uh, essentially shooting the basketball. He struggled in three of the four games before tonight. And then he comes out, scores 27 points and, and through the first three quarters was just knocking down everything. And I guess, you know, Holiday goes with that in Middleton and Giannis, this is what you dream about. If you're a Bucks fan, this is what you've dreamed about. This big three. What is this? I think 88 points combined between, between those three guys. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good math on the fly there. Uh, let's not forget the 13 assists out of that. Yeah. Right? Like Drew Holiday with 13, Giannis with six, and Chris Middleton with 11 assists. So, like, their big three also generated 24 of the 26 assists that the team had. Now, is that great offense? I don't personally think so because a lot of that is one pass to a shot, but it got the job done. And, and you know, I, you throw that first quarter away and, and maybe the fourth quarter because it was a little clunky uh, for the Bucks, I thought. But those middle two quarters are exactly the sort of thing that we talked about the other day on Nerder, where the Bucks just remembered how much bigger they are than the Suns, and they really just applied that that size and pressure on the Suns and beat them down, Seth. You know, like, they just played bigger. They did, and then from that, um, it's easy to say, well, they were getting better looks from free three than they were in the series when they all went in. But I you kind of think that those were, you know, some nice, easy rhythm threes for Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis because of so much space or, or so much space being created by the Bucks, you know, getting to the rim, putting pressure on the rim, whether it's Giannis driving or, or Drew Holiday, you know, still, still one of my favorite looks for the Bucks offense. Oh, I have a smaller guy on me. Let me just put my ass into you and I'm, you're either doubling or I'm shooting a layup. Um, and, and he did that to Chris Paul a few times. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the, the, the very epitome of playing inside out is what they did second and third quarters. What do you guys think of what Devin Booker's been doing? I mean, this is consecutive 40-point games in the finals for Devin Booker. It, it feels like he was the one thing ma- basically working for the Suns, but, like, is he playing? Seth, I can see you shaking your head. Like, is he playing into the Bucks' hands? Like, are they trying to get him to go off? Like, or do we think he needs to get his offense in other ways? I think there's a there's a fine balance here, and... This is the big doubt on the Suns going into the playoffs was the lack of experience. And I think the way that that kind of shows is a lot of times in the playoffs, it's the team that just plays basketball that has the advantage. And it does feel like the last couple games, Booker has played the moment a little bit. Uh, And he's been very effective at doing it. But at the same time, the Suns got here by having great motion on the offense, great quick movement, uh, using the threat of Booker and Chris Paul to get Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton. And Ayton had a had a solid offensive game tonight. But uh, they, they just didn't, uh, you know, they, they he, Booker had three assists tonight. So I kind of feel like he's just gone a little bit over the edge of being too aggressive. And it's like, it's my time rather than just playing basketball. Well, after the first two games, we talked about how they were able to generate so many system buckets and Aiton looked great and Mikel Bridges looked great. And, and, you know, they were doing so many things. And now it's, well, Booker scored 40 back to back in losses. And so I think that I'm kind of, uh, I think I'm on the same team that Seth is on. And I'm not saying that Booker scoring 40 is necessarily bad for the Suns, but I'm saying I think the Bucks are fine with it. 
Score 40, but nobody else is going to do anything to us. I, I, th- I mean, it's, you know, 40, 40 points, three assists is a really good game. 35 points, seven assists is a better game. And that's, you know, in a close game, that's what we're talking about. At the same time, you know, we're, we, it's harping on Phoenix's offense when they had a 135 offensive range. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Seems, and we're splitting yeah, hairs. Yeah, right? we're, like, I mean, but, this, but it's a close game and these, you know, that these things matter. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Chris Paul. Uh, if you just look at the stat sheet, not a bad night. Nine of 16 from the field, three or four from three, 21 points, 11 assists, only one turnover. Although I, I, I argue that first pat, that opening sequence where he threw the ball and kind of led Mikel Bridges out of bounds. Had one to Cam Johnson later also. Yeah. So uh, clearly there's something up. Um, uh, we don't know, and we kind of speculated the other day. We weren't sure. Like, you know, we see him work that hand, work that wrist a lot. Um, but he was pretty effective tonight, I, I thought. Um, but but there were some moments that not great. I mean, I, I thought he was pretty invisible for the first three quarters. I, I want to say really, um, in the fourth quarter when Booker cooled off a little bit. And, and and maybe started forcing a little, especially after the Bucks uh, uh, put put Drew Holiday on him. Um, that was when you know he hit some he hit some threes, he got them into some stuff, and and you know got some looks for 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 Bridges off of ball movement, and 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 hit some shots off ball movement himself, where he kind of started the play, and then the ball went around the horn and came back to him. So I thought that that he actually did a. a, a a big part of their sort of big comeback that made the end of the game so exciting was Chris Paul kind of doing Chris Paul things on offense. Yeah. I had a lot of confidence in the Suns in that fourth quarter. I was, I felt more comfortable with what the Suns were doing and maybe I was trusting just that it seemed like Chris Paul was in control and Devin Booker was still getting what he wanted to get. And even if it was maybe the Bucks allowing him to go one-on-one and get these mid-range jumpers, the fact that the Suns seemed to be scoring so easily and it felt like whatever the Bucks were doing dried up just a little bit where I felt a little bit of confidence. And then I guess until maybe Chris Middleton comes through in the clutch. And then we have that spectacular end with, with holiday getting the steal on Booker leading to that uh, breakout alley-oop. And then the, uh, the tap back free throw as you started with Dave. Uh, another thing that we speculated on, on nerder this week. Wow. It's just a nerder callback. You know, this is just a stroking our nerder ego here. Um, but another thing we talked about was, uh, potentially a big role player game being the difference in the series. And, and look, man, Pat Connaughton has been fantastic in the entire series, uh, was plus 10 off the bench, 14 points, hit four threes. Um, Bobby Portis, nine points off the bench, solid defensively in this game. Like, I mean, even on switches made a few gambles, but it's Bobby Portis and you live with that. Um, we got a good role player game. I mean, twenty three points off the bench from those two guys were big. Are we going to talk about the other the guy floor. who came off the bench for the Bucks? Well, okay. <laughs> you mean all just, what I'm going to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> the eight, wow, eight, eight guys played Teague. for Milwaukee tonight, and yeah, yeah, and and was, one of them was Jeff Teague. But I want to talk about PJ Tucker because you know we we kind of harped on this on Nerder, and we saw it tonight. The Suns had the most defensive success all night when PJ Tucker was on the court. Because, Seth, they just don't have to guard him 
at all. And they didn't. They And they were giving guys a rest over there, whether it was Devin well, Booker or Chris Paul or whoever. And they were using him to play free safety defensively. I thought that was, it, a, it hurt the that was a big part of the first quarter, I thought, was after it had been mostly Chris Paul for the first four games kind of hanging out. They switched it up and put Devin Booker in that spot. And it really seemed like his – him, him just being bigger and stronger on the baseline, like they got some turnovers, they got some, they forced some misses, they they did they had some really good defensive plays, kind of to start the game, which is a big part of their their you know their sixteen point lead after the first quarter. Half of that was them making every shot, but they also held the Bucks to twenty one, and a lot of that was having just that size on the back line uh, with Booker as the help defender. Um, and the, just the difference between how you can you can if you go back and watch watch plays you can see they're a full step and a half closer to Pat Connaughton on on you know when he's spacing to the corner than they are to 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 Tucker and that just makes a huge difference for everyone else in the offense. Also, Connaughton has just become this dependable three-point shooter for the series now for the finals he's 15 for 30 on three-pointers like he's shooting 50 percent. he's their best three-point shooter the entire playoffs actually but just even the finals he's even more locked in which has been i mean exactly what they hope for from him up three two i have no expectations of a starting lineup change and and by the way i don't know if i if i was in charge if i'd be able to bring myself to to do that change so i'm not knocking it um but seth i'm gonna ask you because you tend to defy convention would you still mix up the smart the starting lineup even though you've got the 3-2 lead i mean the fact that you've got to this point makes it harder i mean i've been calling for that change the starting lineup basically since early in the brooklyn series so um yes i think that should be the starting lineup however um no, actually, come to think of it, I mean, they're, they're you know, they look at, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to the start of the game. Yeah. You know, you how different does this game look if instead of scuffling for the first eight minutes, the Bucks play bully ball, pounded inside, basketball for 48 minutes instead of 40 minutes? Did they win by 14? The, the, I mean, you know, that probably deprives us of kind of some of the spectacular ending, but... Uh, I would, if I were I them, I would certainly prefer to win boring. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't, you don't care if the guys in the video room are entertained or not, right? Like, just, just get the game over with. Um, you know, Keith, I, I think that look, the Bucks obviously are in the driver's seat. They've won three straight games, going back to Milwaukee for Game Six, and we know the magic of of six games in Milwaukee. Um. You got any predictions here? Are, are they going to pull this off? This would be iconic, by the way. It re- really would be, and it would be so devastating for the Suns. I mean, being up 2-0 in the finals, but I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm a prisoner to just the recency bias. And every time a team wins, it's hard to imagine the other team winning. But like the Suns not taking care of business here and losing this opportunity, losing this opportunity. And again, going back to that shooting percentages, they made their shots. They made their shots. Of course, the Bucks finally knocked down some three-pointers, basically for the first time the entire postseason. And so it does feel like, going back to Milwaukee, 
that th- th- this could be it and that the Bucks have figured stuff out. We're talking about maybe, you know, they're not going to do a lineup change, but they do understand now, hey, if we play Pat Connaughton 30 minutes, that's a way better option than what we started the playoffs with. And so I think they've kind of found the rhythm. I think, I mean, what if, if Drew Holiday's gotten all his bad games out of him? If Chris Middleton has gotten his bad games out of him? I mean, if that big three does anything close to what they did tonight, you got to think on the home court, the Bucks are going to take care of business. I, Seth, should I drive up for the for game six is that are we there i i mean if you if you want to go to a fifty thousand person super spreader event (laughs) have at it um no but i hearing all of what keith is saying and and while i agree with it i also do feel like there's a lot more sort of process stuff that phoenix has has left on the table i think like for the bucks there's some there's a few obvious things don't play jeff teague anymore uh but other than that it seems like for the most part they have been reasonably consistent hey we're gonna go inside we're gonna you know we're gonna and at the end of the game we're gonna turn the keys over to chris middleton and good things will happen um phoenix still has that 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 twist of kind of getting back to some of their emotion their, their their balance, their ability to use kind of the 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 fact that that you know their three and D guys are a little bit overqualified from a skill set for standpoint for that role um, to to get themselves a few more easy buckets. Now, obviously tonight they made everything, but in a game where they don't shoot as well on tough shots, um, I think I would like to see them get some more easy shots, and I think that they have that in the bag if they can better balance kind of how they're approaching their offensive possessions. We've also seen in this postseason run so far, you had Chris Paul's closeout game against the Nuggets, his closeout game against the Clippers. Wait, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me say that again. You've also... We've had Chris Paul's closeout game against the Nuggets. We had another incredible closeout game against the Clippers. What is he going to do now back against the wall? Is he going to do one of those 40-point no-turnover games? Is he going to score 35 points, have 12 assists or something? So, like, back against the wall, what does he see from Chris Paul? Like, I feel like he probably – he might have another gear uh, to show us. Sorry, guys. I think it's Bucks and Six. Uh, I hate to, <laughs> I hate for you guys to have gone through, um, you know, those monologues there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, look, it, I, my opinion hasn't changed since we recorded Nerder yesterday. And, and if anything, this reinforced it to me because the Bucks took a punch in the first quarter. I mean, they took a real. That was being down sixteen in a game five is huge. They came back, and was it perfect? No. Was it ugly to start? Yes. Are they doing some of the same? Silly things that we've been complaining about for a long time. <laughs> yes, but I believe in this team, man. I and and I'll tell you, I, I really think Drew uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis together is just too much for the Suns at this point. Yeah. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the podcasts we've got over at the Athletic Podcast Network. If you haven't already subscribed, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and do it now. Thank you guys for waking up with us, although it's weird to do it on a Sunday. Uh, Keith, Seth, can you guys do this uh, in unison? You know how we sign off the show? No, you don't have any idea? Okay, Keith, please uh, demonstrate for Seth. Ding, ding. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.